0: Good morning, and welcome to HR Examiner's Executive Conversations. I'm your host, John Sumpter, and today we'll be talking with Michael Bagelman, who is the CEO of Joberate. Michael, how are you?
1: I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me.
0: So why don't you take a moment and introduce yourself and, and tell us how you got to where you are right now? Thanks. Very interesting. My background
1: was uh, in computer engineering. I went to school at RIT and I thought I was going to build computers. That was my passion. Interesting how I got into the, the HR space is uh, my brother-in-law was working at Lucent. This is back in probably 1995. And I asked him to help me get a job there. So I gave him my CV. He gave it to his favorite headhunter. Interestingly enough, the headhunter called me and said, hey, why don't you come work for us instead? And this is kind of how I got into IT staffing, consulting, and recruiting. I kind of fell in love with it and stayed in this space uh, really ever since. This is going back to 95, 96. so I've been in the space for a while. Uh, I have, I've done a few startups. I built the job board that was sold to Monster around 2001, 2002. It was a company called Career Bay. Um, I, I ran the global recruitment outsourcing business for um, a deco group. It was a company called Pontoon, and so I ran their RPO business. At Pontoon, we built a really great technology, and that really kind of got me excited about uh, you know, the potential of where we're going. We, you know, we introduced gamification to the recruitment space. We introduced um, you know self scheduling for interviews. you know I was one of the first clients for higher view. We were one of the first clients for Avature. so i've always had an affinity for um, you know technology uh, to to sort of help and disrupt in terms of improvement in h r so um, it was just kind of like a natural evolution for me to do something in the tech space you know at some point and I saw kind of this this inefficiency to, to be to be honest, it really came from two areas one was you know, uh, uh, my organization was about 350 people. And, you know, anytime somebody resigned, it was always like, wow, I did you know, I didn't know Sally was unhappy, or, you know, Sally wanted to leave or, you know, on the recruitment side, you know, we were running service centers. And, you know, we, we'd have to basically touch 100 candidates to get somebody to an interview. So, you know, I kind of saw this interesting inefficiency around, you know, what, what's the real problem. And the problem was, like, you know, talking to people that were neither interested or available on the recruitment side and on the, on the retention side was that, you know, if I just had like an insight into, um, you know, into if people really weren't happy, you know, maybe I could do something about it. It was just kind of this basic, basic premise and that, and that really paved the way for job rate, um, which, you know, essentially is a technology platform of unique workforce analytics that helps organizations identify and recruit diverse talent faster. It helps with employee engagement, retention, all those things. So it's kind of the manifestation of the, the challenges that I saw in the marketplace. And, you know, we turned that into a piece of software that really helps companies.
0: What exactly does it do and how does it do it?
1: Sure. So uh, the, the software essentially curates publicly available uh, information from social data. And, you know, anything that you could essentially Google uh, is public information. And, you know, it basically looks at at, uh, activity that that then correlate to job-seeking behavior, like, for example, you know, applying to jobs or updating your cv or changing your bio or adding your educational history et etc cetera, etc cetera. so it looks at these various signals that correlate to somebody potentially looking for work it looks at, uh, at that across the big sky of the internet of anything that's publicly available um, and then we run it through some machine learning algorithms to essentially calculate a score um, and then based on that score companies can use that in various ways they could use it uh, as a proxy for employee engagement, they could use it as a as a way to you know potentially identify you know bias in the workplace, et cetera et cetera it's It's just really interesting it's a metric that helps companies understand job seeking behavior
0: yeah let's let, let's let's dig a little deeper. You said something that that troubles me a little bit. You said that you know when people apply for jobs. How do you know that
1: uh well. We don't know know that, but essentially uh, there are uh, on, on various websites, right? You you have sort of like the the fingerprints of of people looking for work. They connect to recruiters. Um, you know, they ask for endorsements and recommendations and things of that nature.
0: Oh, so, so you use like LinkedIn a, data to It's not to like do this.
1: It's not there's like a stamp that says, I just applied for a job. It's the things that people do that lead up to them looking for work.
0: So, so, so you're um, watching what happens on LinkedIn pretty closely, is that right?
1: Uh, we don't watch what happens on LinkedIn. I mean, it, it's not it's not quite like that. Uh, if if people have publicly available information, you know, pick, pick whatever social media channel there is, as they have activities. <laughs> and they have changes to their information, we can see the changes that they have to their information. And then based on those changes, we essentially attribute a score. Uh, and then that score is then used to basically being job-seeking behavior. It's kind of like the, the past <laughs> things that people do.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. But you talked about endorsements, and you talked about people getting in touch with recruiters. And the, sure. the there are only two places where where I, I, I guess you could do that on Twitter too. But 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 yeah. the endorsement but part means, like, means that
1: content, that you're looking at you're content, looking at LinkedIn.
0: Nature. Yeah. Uh, yep. well, so are you looking at LinkedIn? Do you do you track what's going on, on LinkedIn?
1: Any of the public information that's available, sure, we could we could look at the information, but it's like it's it's not look or track; it's just changes in activities, right? So we look at state changes from state to state to state, um, and then we essentially score that, and then we only keep track of the score, right? So we keep track of the longitudinal scores.
0: Yeah, I don't want to get I don't want to like, down the kind rabbit of hole like on a this, but, but yeah, yeah, I don't want to get too far down the hole, but but. Um, it seems like a distinction without much difference to say you don't track, but you do monitor changes. That's, that's, um, that's, that, that, yeah, so that, I,
1: I, I, we, we co- yeah, we compare state to state and we score. So the only thing we track is the score, Joe. Does that make sense? So we go compare state to state, look at the historical information, create a score, track a score. So we track our own metadata. That's the information that we do track. That's the data that we create about the data. And that metadata Great. is the part that's actually useful. Um,
0: so so let's talk about the score. So I have some kind of a score now. Um, right. um, what does the score mean? The score is a metric for
1: job-seeking activity. Uh, and when you say I have a score, uh, we do not – uh, like, this is not something we do for everyone. It's not like, um, you know, like everyone has a FICO score, whether they know it or not. Uh, job rate software doesn't work like that.
0: So, if I, so if I, I have a job rate a really score, to know. If I have a job rate score, then I know about it. Uh,
1: excuse me?
0: No, no, It's
1: not like a FICO score, like everybody has a, a FICO score that's kind of yours, you go claim it. Uh, a J score is something that, that we simply calculate for uh, an individual or a set of individuals or you know uh, a group or whatever based on how clients, you know, configure that. So uh, the the there are J scores around people, only specific people or specific groups of people, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but it's not like our software just arbitrarily goes out and calculates a J-score for everybody alive. It yeah,
0: yeah, so time. let me ask you the question again because you are you are sure. not answering the question. If okay. somebody puts me on their list and I get a J-score, then I know about correct. it. Is that correct?
1: You have a J-score, so, so some, you do not know
0: about it. If I have a J-score, I don't know about it. And, and, yeah. and that strikes me as something that, that might be... Um, of concern to people, that they have a score that determines how a company is viewing them um, and they don't know about it. I mean, what's the legal state of that?
1: Uh, I We don't have any legal issues around that. It's a metadata calculation from public information. And it's no different than Netflix has a score on you or uh, Amazon has a score on you or eBay has a score yeah, on you. you, 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 you know what? I, I'm, they, I'm an they, Amazon customer.
0: I'm an eBay yeah. customer. I'm a Netflix customer. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Java rate customer. Right. So it's not the same. Right. It's not the same at all. It's, it's, it is some other thing. Uh, so, so what do you think the ethical issues are here? I personally don't view the ethical issues with our
1: software. I think I have ethical issues with other things, like, you know, not to change the topic, but like the, the things that we do are pretty simple and straightforward, right? Um, I think the, the ethical issues are uh, in areas where companies are using private data, which is the real problem, like things that are behind logins, things that are behind authentications, uh, and there's a lot of stuff like that that's going on. And there, I think, is the problem, because like ultimately, if you have private accounts or if you have accounts in areas that, you know, require paywalls and et cetera, uh, I think that's where the ethical issues are. Stuff that's in the public domain, people post stuff on Twitter to be seen. Otherwise, they wouldn't post it on Twitter, Joe. People post stuff on Facebook to be seen. Otherwise, they wouldn't put it on Facebook. It's like you have to understand how social media works, right? The point of Instagram is for people to look at stuff that you post. That's why people post it. The issue is the ethical issues are around, uh, you know, more nefarious ways of private data, and that's the problem.
0: So, so give me an example. Are you saying that people are hacking systems with logins to acquire data that people post with logins? Um, to do the same sort of thing yeah, that you're I mean, doing,
1: it, it it happens. I mean, you, you you read the news like I read the news. I mean, I think issues around, um, uh, you know, theater, I mean, Equifax got hacked. Page up, people got hacked, right? So these things happen,
0: and this is stuff that's like, you know, yeah, that's in but, the news. But, but I think. But, but, but you're, you're, you know, you're mixing you're mixing things here. Those, yeah, they got hacked, but but I don't, I'm not aware of any company that's offering a score based on that data, right? You're, you're uh, aggregating I, I, data I and, and giving yeah, and giving me that, a score. So. Sure. You're aggregating data and giving me a score, and I don't know about it. So and can, that, I, can I can ask you a question? Do you have
1: a problem? Do you sure. have a problem with it?
0: You know, I'd be interested I mean, if I mean, if, if hang on hang on, let me answer your question. Sure. Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I have a problem oh, with it. I think I have a problem with it. And the problem sure. that I have the problem that I have with it is I don't know what the algorithm is. I don't know um, I don't know the meaning of my behavior to an employer who's looking at it and using your score to determine whether or not I'm employable. Um, and mm-hmm. that that means that I'm being scored on a test that I don't have any participation in, and, and I think that's unethical, yes.
1: So so let's, let's dissect that then. Uh first of all people don't use that that way they look at macro information they track a pool of 9000 people to get macro data uh so that's
0: how it's so, actually done so used, so, John. so 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 stop there let me let me just question sure. you as you go through so you've got 9000 mm-hmm. people in the pool and my yep. score is high and somebody else's score is low do I get treated the same way as the person with the low score but
1: you don't, it's not how it's used. It's used for macro data. So essentially somebody would compare a pool A with pool B. Pool, both pools have a thousand people and they would look at the aggregate score to understand the difference between the two or trends. Um, in, in practice, our clients don't really use it in that context uh, that you're describing. So, so uh, they use so it in a, in a macro context.
0: I, I am not assigned an individual score
1: no you are, but what I'm saying is the way that it's used is it's used in, in a macro context it's not used in a micro context for that con- context
0: so so but but but, but help me here uh, so so you say macro context, so now we're talking about a list of a thousand email addresses so so there's uh, so there's two use cases
1: there's two use cases.
0: I'm gonna finish the question. There's a recruiting okay. use
1: case and a retention use case. So in, in a retention use case, the way that it's used is it's used in a macro context.
0: That's that's kind of what I'm saying. Okay, okay. So so what's the okay. other use case, first of all? The, the,
1: there's also a recruiting use case where recruiters do look at specific scores for candidates that are in their database. And so this is a very effective tool for recruiting because you have 3 million people in your database. Some of those people you may want to contact for work. Um, it's very inefficient to contact people that are neither interested or available, and you're not really doing anybody a service. So uh, in that framework, the scores are assigned to individuals and it helps recruiters identify people to contact for work. Uh, and it's very, very effective. in. You know, you have your perspective. My perspective is I help put people to work uh, that otherwise wouldn't because we we help them. We help people identify, you know, the right talent to
0: use, right? So let's look at the second case. The second case, Mm -hmm. just to reiterate for you, is that a recruiter Mm -hmm. has a list of people and they have Mm -hmm. a score. And the idea is that the recruiter will call the people with high scores higher scores yeah which means some recruiters which means them. that if i have a low score i won't be aware of that particular opportunity
1: if you if, how recruiters use it is they contact people with higher scores that's how it's used i don't want to right. get into so if philosophy,
0: I, have a low, it's, I build i build this is not job, philosophy I'm not a philosopher. <laughs> but, well but 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 so that so this is the thing michael and and, and i appreciate okay. you hanging in there with me yeah, this okay, arena has has tremendous ethical issues associated with it, and, and we're on one right now because I I can't Sorry. believe. Uh, you, maybe you can answer me this question: Have you looked at differences by gender and ethnicity for job hunting indicator behavior? I have, can you I have can not. you tell me? So so you I can't have, tell me if your company. Uh, s- scoring methodology discriminates based on ethnicity or gender?
1: We just score activities, John. That's what that's what the technology does and how people use it is how people use it, right? We build software that algorithmically scores activities, like a speedometer. Well, it, it is it, and it is because, because it it's, it, it. it's yeah.
0: It's very clear that different classes of people operate differently in relation to business. That's part of the well, that's part of the diversity and glass ceiling, to do,
1: right? Yeah. So that's analysis wow. that a client may want to do, but uh, you know, I don't know if it's valid analysis, invalid analysis. If there's merit, there's no merit to it. So it's, it's wow. sort of yeah, like. Yeah. How, how, how people, how people use data and analytics is, you know, they have their own business rationale and their own business reasons and they may find that some data has meaning. Some data has no meaning. Right.
0: Okay. Well, well let's, let's, let's move past this. And and so tell me exactly how you use AI to accomplish this. So you have these um, data points that you accumulate mm-hmm. and, and, we can know with some certainty that not everybody does the same things in social media. Part of what makes social media work is the capacity for variation inside of social media. So, 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 sure. so, tell me something about the markers that let you know that somebody is interested in work. Besides, they make connection with a a, a recruiter, which yeah. seems like a, a reasonably LinkedIn kind of behavior. But what would somebody do yeah. on Facebook sure. that would tell you that they're that they're looking for work? There's activities,
1: John. I can't get into our software's patent, man. I can't get into like every single detail of how it works. What I can tell you is that we use machine learning. Uh, we don't use AI. I, I may have had this conversation with you. I don't know what AI and recruiting means anyway. I think it's a, it's a marketing spin. I've looked at a lot of software. I can't see anybody using AI. It's ML at best. It's AI okay, from a marketing okay. perspective. So so we I'll, use ML I'll, I'll give you to, that. To, to train the algorithms. Um, you know, and then uh, the 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 scores are generated. We we test the scores, John, right? So we do some testing to make sure that hey, you know, is this valid? Uh, we we tested periodically over time, um, over a four year period of time? Uh, the the testing's always gone well our clients you know test the data with you know sample sizes we do welch's t test and et cetera uh, you know the, to refine it so uh, we don't use ai in, in our technology we do
0: do ml okay i'll i'll, I'll buy the distinction so how accurate is it what you do you do test how accurate is it 16
1: decimal points it's 16 decimal points
0: so if I have a high score, I'm looking for a job, period.
1: Yeah, and we, we break it up into tranches. The way that it essentially works is we have tiers. We have this, this you know, kind of what we call passive tier. Our score ranges from four to seventy. So in that tier of four to 36, person has job seeking activities, but they don't really correlate the job change. Um, then when someone gets to a sort of different tier, then you have more correlation. So we know that, you know, for example, based on our own data that we test, that if a person has a certain score, on average, they change jobs within like 119 days or something like that. Right. Um, and then, you know, then we know that like one standard deviation Okay, it's 38 days, etc. So so we know that when somebody gets a certain range, if you look at the historical data, you know, there's some job change now today. Uh, you know, recall, we're still a startup, right? We're not, we're not Watson Labs. Today, we don't know the whys. Does that make sense? And over time, hopefully we could develop the whys, which could help companies. I, you know, some of this is kind of born out of some of my own uses. You know, we, we would have, uh, you know, we would hire companies to do employee engagement surveys. Uh, and, you know, I would spend a lot of money and we were a member of, a place that I, I don't want to talk about, but everybody knows who they are and they would do really good work. They would come in, they would do an employee engagement survey, I'd get this giant deck, and then there was always one slide that said, Oh, seventy eight you know, 78% of your employees are engaged, and then they would give me a lot of really interesting information and I would say, so what? Because what okay. I what I realized in like when I when I managed the organization, right, that you know some of the people are not necessarily, you know going to be vocal. And so, like, you know, as an employer, I want to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to, you know, retain my employees, and some of them aren't mm-hmm. going to be vocal. So, like, this this was, like, really interesting for me, because I could get a pulse of an organization you know, pretty quickly in real time, and know how to put in the kinds of programs that may, you know, help my organization.
0: Got it. So so does that mean that that I could get a job rate account and evaluate my own employees?
1: Well, our clients uh, can do that, yeah. I mean, this is what our software does. You can buy an account. You could benchmark. Like, for example, a popular use case is to say, hey, you know, the J score for our global sales team is eleven. I'm just making it up. Right. And then you could benchmark, you know, competitors or peers and you say, OK, well, the average J score for the global sales team for company Y is nine and the other is company Z is seven. Right. And we're at 11. OK, so clearly our organization, you know, our sales organization has more job seeking activity. You know, what does that mean? Right. Uh, and, and often clients would then also look to internal data because they would look at performance reviews, peer reviews and things of that nature. And they would start to kind of peel the onion back. So what's interesting is what one of the things that we see as a trend is this combining external data with internal data, because truth be told, companies only have a very small amount of data based on which they could make decisions. And so I see that like the future is if you could combine external data with internal data, um, you know, you really have really good data to make data-driven decisions, whether they would be around workforce planning, or budgeting, or any of those kinds of things that companies need to do. Wow,
0: that, this is such an interesting thing. You, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that I'm happy about what you're doing, but you are, you are well down the road to to building something that that I haven't really seen. Uh, Before, particularly when you talk about being able to use external data to score my employees. That's, 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 that's a very interesting um, proposition. So let me ask you in a different way. What do you think the ethical issues are here?
1: I think that, I mean, data is a tool like any other tool and like any other tool, it could be used in a harmful way, right? You could, uh, you could hurt somebody with water junk, right? If you put too much pressure and you squirt it out. So, um, you know, so I think the the potential ethical issues are using data for nefarious reasons, right? Using data to discriminate, potentially. Um, you know, using data for uh, you know whatever decisions companies want to make that they feel is is not ethical. I I try to kind of I'm just being honest. I try to stay clear of that because I don't want to be a judge of what is right and what is wrong. Um, you know, I don't think that that's fair either. But there are things that I believe that shouldn't happen. Like I think that um, you know, for example, uh, um companies should look to eliminate bias in the workplace. And I know it exists. So you could use so, data to eliminate bias. You could use data to enforce bias, right? <laughs> and so I, I think that there may be some issues there. But in general, I think ethical issues come into play when you use data for the wrong reasons.
0: You know, one of, one of the interesting things about ethics is... Is almost nobody thinks that they're doing things for the wrong reason. Almost, almost nobody. There are there it's are psychopaths. Yeah, that tend to be, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Right, right, and so so nobody nobody goes into something like this and discriminates because they well, it's that's not entirely true. But the problem isn't that people do things intentionally. The problem is that things people do things unintentionally. And the Mm. corrections that are necessary have to do with being unintentional. So what you see in the rest of the industry is people going Mm. to some lengths to certify that their tool doesn't discriminate. And when you get to the eventual EEO audit, um, Mm. they're not going to ask whether or not you intended to do it. They're going to look at what you did do. Um, And so... So so it's it's a very interesting and tricky set of questions when you think about the ethics in the place because sure. uh what 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 the ethical consequences of this technology happen to be are things that companies will have liability for. Right? And and, yeah, and no, uh, different than, you know, no different I, I than I wish recruiting to,
1: I, a I monster, you, right? No different than recruiting um, a monster because Or Google. I mean, truth be told, like, sure, you could just do a search and, you know, create a slate from 50 mail. I mean, so like any anything, you know, and I don't mean to get like super rudimentary here, but anything could be used in an unethical way. Right. This is why companies have ethics policies. They have ethics training. Uh, I mean, at the DECO, we spend you know, a lot of time every year. All of our employees were required to participate in mandatory training and certification around these topics. So I think companies are doing a lot of things, John, to ensure that their employees are good citizens. Then, when you take but, good but, citizens but... and give them good tools, they make good decisions.
0: But if you take you know, bad but, citizens, yeah, but... and then, you no, know. No, no. So. You take well intentioned yeah. citizens. And you give the you know, even gun manufacturers put safeties on their weapon. This, the idea yeah. that, that there's no sure. there's no um, culpability for the, for the provider of the tool is nonsense. Um, um, the, the, everybody looks at the safety questions and, the, and, and yeah, ethics yeah, sure. is just another way of talking about safety um, sure. and, and try to make sure that, that, that in the dumbest of cases. People don't actually accidentally do something stupid. Right? That's that's yeah, yeah, that's sure. that's the yeah, yeah, simplest sure. way that you could talk about ethics, and to, to to suggest that you don't need to do that is is weird. Anyhow, I agree. anyhow, I agree. Let's let's wrap this with what makes your company different. This has been a tough conversation. I really appreciate you hanging in there for it. Um, yeah. um, what makes the company different?
1: I think we're super focused, John. Um, You know, uh, we we launched our product in 2014. Um, We've had difficult conversations like this and, you know, positive attitude. We're open to the debate. Uh, We've had really great conversations. We've had amazing use cases. Um, uh, Our clients... um, you know, really benefit from the software. They, they, they renew and they stay with it. Um, I would just say, and simply our, our focus on on workforce analytics, I think that's, that's the, the kind of the unique aspect of it. I think, like, if I look at other software companies, they tend to um, dilute uh, their software by trying to become all things to all people. Nothing wrong with that, but uh, we don't do that, so, um, the, the other thing that I think makes us unique is um, you know uh, we have some patents filed in our technology. Uh, no one's copied and pasted it yet, which is really exciting. Uh, and, uh, and I think it's really simple and easy to use. Uh, so I think those are kind of the, the, the three areas. I could, for example, just in the ease of use, we, we even uh, allow people to use our software through an API. Uh, which is something new, um, so it's really exciting because a client could essentially integrate um, you know our metadata with their own data to do advanced workforce analytics, right? They could essentially pull it through an API so it's really easy to use so ease of use are focused on workforce analytics um, and uh, you know the continued use case around uh, uh, you know around their core products and and I think that that you know ultimately uh, people come to us because they know what we do and what we stand for. So that's that's kind of, you know, our, our unique value there.
0: Well, fantastic. So why don't you take a moment and reintroduce yourself and tell people how to get a hold of you.
1: Sure. So my name is Mike Babelman. Uh, I'm the CEO of JobRate. Uh, my email address is very simple. It's Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L at com. J-O-B-E-R-A-T-E. You can find out more information about us online at www.JobRate.com. You could Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, or any of those
0: ways, and uh, you know, I hope
1: you guys enjoyed this this incredibly interactive conversation.
0: Yeah, that's a, this this was great. Thanks for thanks for being patient and and hanging in there, Michael. This was a this was a fantastic conversation, and thanks everybody for listening in. You've been listening to Thanks, HR John. Examiners Executive Conversations, and we've been talking with Mike Begelman, who is the CEO of Joberate, a Boston-area technology company that has developed a unique workforce analytics platform. Thanks again, Mike. Talk to you soon. Have a great day. Have Thank a great you. weekend. Bye-bye. Everybody. Bye-bye.